Hey, Whitewater friends and family, so good to be with you. Um, we're a church that isn't judgment-centered, we're Jesus-centered. And it feels like we're in a, in a world that is very centered around judgment, but Jesus frees us from that so that we can actually not um, live life in ways that's life-draining or life-taking, but it's actually life-giving, um, learning to follow the way, the life, and the teachings of Jesus. So, um, we're actually going to be starting a new series on the church and um, we're going to be really looking at how did the early church leaders, how did they empower the church that was scattered all over the Roman Empire? How did they, how did they empower the church to be resilient, be communities of light, uh, be filled with faith, hope, and love in a very dark world? And uh, over the ages, the, the church has learned lessons um, because our faith, it, it has an ancient quality to it. We can draw on this wisdom. And this series is going to be about what we can learn about the church in the past so that we can be the church today. We're going to be spending the next three or so weeks exploring how can we be a church that's filled with joy in uh, very challenging times? And how can we bring joy to others in our lives? Today, I want to talk to you about three shifts that I think are really important for us to be the church in these times. And the first shift is uh, moving from someone to everyone. And uh, let me read some scripture and I'll kind of explain what that means. Um, in Acts 1.8, Jesus launches the church. This is the resurrected Jesus come back and sending out his disciples to be the church in the Roman Empire where there's a lot of struggle, a lot of darkness, and they're just this little group. But he launches a movement that is, uh, that is over the centuries changed life after life. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says this, Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus gives us his spirit, that Christians, who, uh, if you've given your life to Jesus, you have access uh, to the power that raised Jesus from the dead, the Holy Spirit. And it goes on to say, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, uh, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You're going to start where you are, and then uh, the movement of God, the movement of the Spirit is going to witness or share its love um, moving out into all the world. This means that the church has to shift its mind from uh, being about just someone who's going to do the church to everyone is the church. Uh, sometimes it's really easy to get in this uh, frame of mind that thinks, well, uh, Christianity or faith is about the professionals, you know, the pastors and preachers and prophets and evangelists, or it's about, you know, like super saints like my grandma or my aunt who, you know, is always praying. And we think it's for like those people and we can kind of just tag along. But the church is for everyone. Um, when God gives you grace and you receive grace, you become someone who gives grace and becomes grace in someone else's life. Now, um, I remember back in the day, uh, I actually went uh, on a trip. I was at an airport. I was with a friend and I was like, uh, we need to get from A to B. How are we going to do that? Uh, because, you know, there, there are taxi issues and stuff. And he said, we're going we're gonna to call Uber. And I was like, what's an Uber? And I learned about this amazing new thing. Like, like he called this, uh, this company or I texted in. I can't remember which. And, and all of a sudden, uh, somebody uh, showed up in a car. And I was like, what is this? And we got in the car and it was just some dude's car off the street. And I was like, what are we doing? Like, this is how kidnapping happens. 
why where is this guy's license is he is this a taxi driver and it was explained to me what uber was and it was amazing because uh uber changed the the traveling industry and it it, it where what used to be buses and taxis and maybe trains uber enabled anybody and everybody to be transportation it can if you had a car you could use it and uh, jesus ubered the christian faith when he said all of you will be my witnesses from here and throughout the rest of the world. Airbnb is the same thing. In the hospitality industry, you go to a hotel, motel, or a hostel. Um, Airbnb made it so that if you had a home, you had a hotel. And uh, I remember going to my first one. I was like, can we really be here? And these are other people's things. And you're, you know, pulling out plates. And can I do this? And uh, it just changed everything. It's normal for people now. But at one point, there, it never existed. Anybody who has a home, has a hotel. And Jesus also airbnb the Christian faith. Many uh, people become Christians kind of sometimes think like, am I worthy? And does God really, could he really use me? And like, if you are living and breathing, God wants to use your life to spread his love around the world. And so the first shift that we need to think of as the church is, is moving from someone else is going to be the church to everyone gets to be the church. This is where in the Bible we read about the priesthood of all believers, that every believer is a priest or a worshiper, uh, a pastor to each other. And we have different gifts and different capacities, but, but we're all called to be leaders in the church and, to, uh, and we're empowered by the Spirit to do what God has called us to do. Now, the second shift um, is moving from gathered to scattered. Now, the church is always gathered, and that's always going to be important, but there's an important rhythm. We don't just want to ga gather and not scatter into the world. In fact, when Jesus says, you will be my witnesses here and throughout all the world, um, that's what he's talking about, that we are going to be a church that gathers to scatter. It's almost like this rhythm of breathing in and breathing out. And it's really important to breathe in that oxygen and then breathe out. That's how the body's healthy. And I love this quote. This is uh, written by an anonymous person in the uh, first century. He wrote it about the church. And it says this, as the soul is to the body, so the church is to the world. Like the church, when it is scattered, becomes like life-giving presence of Jesus in a dark and hurting world. God has placed our church, and our church just is not a building, it's a people. He's placed every one of us uh, where he wants us to be. He's placed people throughout our, our culture, our communities, our society, um, in places to be light, to be agents of transformation, um, agents of love. We have people who are um, business owners, uh, people who are uh, craftsmen, people who are uh, teachers and um, salesmen and um, homemakers. And we just have so many different people. And we have been placed in neighborhoods and places to be light to the world. And I love the concept of being a, a church that gathers and scatters because in church history, there's been times where the, the, there's been a focus on the gathering and there's been times where we needed to focus on the scattered church. And right now in the middle of a pandemic, just like in church history, when you look back at pandemics, plagues, wars, um, all kinds of challenges, there are times where the church is unleashed and new innovation happens. Just like uh, Uber uh, innovated uh, the travel uh, industry and just like Airbnb uh, innovated in the 
hospitality industry, the church in the middle of the most challenging circumstances has an opportunity to follow the movement of the Spirit and innovate ministry and see itself differently than we ever have before. And I, I want to invite you in this season, as we look at the church, it, it, now is the time not to just focus on the gathered church, but to be the scattered church. Amen? Let me give you some illustrations of what the church scattered in very challenging circumstances, plagues, pandemics, wars, and other challenging circumstances. In the first century, here are some of the amazing things the church established in the midst of challenge. The church established the first burial societies for people in pandemics. Uh, the church cared for shipwrecked and exiled people who had no place to call home. They cared for slaves as people with dignity and value because they have the image of God in, them in a society that didn't. Um, they provided for those who had were unemployed, had no job, no skill, no craft, and they, uh, they gave them skills and craft and helped them find work. Uh, they rescued unwanted babies who were left out in the elements to die. Um, they, they cared for prisoners. I mean, the church in the first century was an unstoppable force in the midst of such challenge. They were the scattered church. They would gather to scatter. Uh, later in the, in the um, centuries, Christians also established hospitals, homes for hurting women, orphanages, um, universities and centers of education. Also, they worked in, uh, for the legal status and equality of women and other minorities. I mean, the, the church was, was doing God's spirit work. It was amazing. Now, let me read you a picture from Acts chapter 2 um, for a home church, scattered church model. In this season, in the middle of COVID-19, we just think the most flexible, the most empowered, the most um, transformative practice we could do is be the scattered church and home churches. And we're united in heart, but we're but God is using us in the midst of this in some creative ways. And it's amazing that we can be uh, together like this. Um, technology has, has provided some difficult things, but also some wonderful things like this. Now, that spirit work of Christ's church in the world that I just read you is incredible. I mean, how inspiring is that? We're, we're called to be that church today in new ways and in innovative ways that the Spirit's leading. But it's not without challenge and it's not without cost. I mean, one of the things that jumps to mind is, man, I wish I could be with all of you in person. It, and my heart has been aching. My family, our heart has been aching. My daughter, we were driving to, um, we were driving to visit some relatives and we had kind of created a bubble and, you know, abiding by all the things we need to in this season. And, um, we got everything ready. And, uh, and on my daughter, when we were driving up to see these relatives, her, her aunt and uncle, my daughter said, Dan, can we hug Katie and Aaron? And just the, there was such a, I know we, we might not be able to, but I, there was just such hope and longing to be together. And, and friends, I, I feel like that's probably how many of us are feeling. Like, I, like when can we be together? And um, we look forward to that day. But the reason we're doing the home church model is to get us together in ways that we can, that is flexible and empowering and helps us be the church right now. And, um, and, this is what we've seen in history. The church has had times where it swings more scattered, sometimes where it swings to being more gathered. And the beauty of the way Whitewater is organized is we can do both. 
And we look forward to that day with great hope of gathering together, seeing each other, being able to hug, handshake, all those things. But in, in between, in, that, in the meantime, we, we are able to be the church in new and incredible ways. Will we embrace it? That leads me to the third uh, shift. And here it is, moving from passive to proactive. Moving from passive faith to proactive faith. In the early church, none of the things that we heard, you know, from universities and hospitals and helping the, the heartbroken and those without homes and, you know, standing up for the downtrodden, none of that can happen with a passive faith. The church couldn't have been the witnesses uh, that Jesus empowered them to be through his spirit when he Ubered or Airbnb'd the church. Like you, you can't be passive. You have to be proactive. We have to be proactive in our faith right now. Let me read you a picture of proactive proactive faith of what the a picture of what the church can look like even right now this is in acts chapter 2 it says this all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals including the lord's supper and to prayer I mean, prayer is so important. Some people say I know it's action is what matters. Prayer helps you act wisely. Prayer brings hope in the darkness. Prayer changes your perspective. Um, I really hope that we would be a praying community in this time, united together. Uh, verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders, and all the believers, I love that, all the believers, you know, every different uh, shape and belief and background, it says all the believers met together, and it says in one place and shared everything they had. We came from that season, we were all gathering together, but then listen to this. They sold the property's possessions, shared money, and helped each other in need, so they're very generous. They worshiped together in the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Right now is a time where we as a church can be uh, one church united in heart in many expressions scattered throughout our world. God wants to use us that way. There's a reason God has you and me going through this time and this season. He wants to use us for good. All the while, the church praised God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Let me hone in on one little verse. It says, they met in their homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy. And next week, I want to invite you to come back. We're going to be talking about how do we, how do we cultivate joy and peace in the midst of the madness? But we have to be able to be a church that isn't passive or proactive. You don't have a church that's gathering and opening homes and, and figuring out who they can be with unless they're proactive. And, and I want to encourage you to, to really pray about um, who is your home church right now? Because the reality is we're the church wherever we are. It's like, do we recognize it? And it's so important, one of the key practices of the church that we see here is that they met together. Now, we're limited in how many people can meet together and who feels comfortable meeting with how many. Like, that's a, that's, that's a quandary that many of us are figuring out. Some people for health reasons and uh, can't be around hardly anybody. And like, maybe your only connection is this right now. You know, I just want you to know we're, we're in an ongoing pandemic and church is going to look differently and that's okay. That's okay. Uh, 
the people that God has placed you with, the people you're comfortable with right now, that can be your home church if you recognize it. So we want to empower you to be the church right where you're at, where you feel comfortable. And here's the three things I think are really important that we see in that picture of people meeting in Acts chapter two. And I think we can live into in our, in our 21st century. And the first thing is like, pick the people you feel comfortable with right now. Find, like pray about it. Like, who do you feel comfortable being around with and, and decide to be the church? And then number two, pick a time to meet regularly. Our, our team has designed uh, a model to equip you to be the church where you are now. And it, it's simply this. Um, we, we've shortened our services to about half an hour so that it's, it's something that you can watch with kids or with family. It's uh, very watchable, but it has meat to it, worship to it. Um, you can stay connected through it. And then we release it on, on Thursday mornings on our YouTube channel. And you can, you can get that and you can use it any time of the week. So if you have a group, a home church that you decide to start meeting with, uh, you have your who and you create your what, what time you're meeting, um, you can begin, uh, meeting every Monday night or every Wednesday night. Uh, you can pick any time of the week and just meet regularly. I love this verse in Hebrews chapter 10. It says this, and let us consider each other carefully for the purpose of sparking love and good deeds. Like we want to see God's goodness spark out of our lives. And here's the key, verse 25. Don't stop meeting together with other believers, which some people have gotten into the practice of doing. I don't know about you, but in this season, it's really easy to neglect the practice of being together. Uh, Matthew chapter 18 says, wherever two or three are gathered, Christ is present. And it, your home church might just be a few people right now. That's okay. So don't get out of the habit of meeting as some people have gotten in the habit of doing. Instead, encourage each other. And I want to encourage you today. Pick your peop the people you're comfortable with in this strange time. Set a regular time and show up. There's no community if we don't show up. And that for this to happen, we have to make the shift from someone else to everyone from the, just the gathered church to the scattered church. And really importantly, we have to move from passivity to becoming proactive in our faith. Now, it's really easy to, to just start blaming, you know, the government, to blame uh, our current situation, to blame COVID-19, and, and to be looking at all the problems. But we, when we do that, we get stuck, and we forget that we have been sent. And in this season, if we embrace uh, the, the, the idea that the Spirit of God is doing something in the midst of all this. I think we're going to see creative movements of God like we've never seen in our life. I think God's going to shape character in us like we would never have imagined. And we're going to be able to be a church carrying one another like we've never done before. Friends, I, I, I think God has something incredible to do in and through the church, in and through you. And I want to invite you to be part of it so that we can bring joy to our dark world.